I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Thanks for joining us here on the Score Post Game Show. If you're on your way to dinner or to church or a friend's house, it is Christmas Eve. Hope you enjoy the holiday weekend. It started off with a 35-13 loss, the Bears to the Buffalo Bills at a frigid Soldier Field. Patrick Manley, David Haw here until 5 o'clock, taking your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Two quick notes, Patrick, before we get out to the phone lines and, and get to another uh, direction of conversation. Stacy Dales from the NFL Network, who is a weekly contributor to the Mullane Haw Show on Wednesdays, Tweets out this, with Buffalo's airport currently closed through Monday due to inclement weather, the Buffalo Bills will spend Christmas Eve overnight in Chicago. Per a source, the plan as of now is to fly into a nearby airport at some point tomorrow morning, Christmas morning, and then bus back to Buffalo. Oh, that's brutal. That's tough. That's brutal. And where do they stay tonight? I mean, is the hotels booked here in the city with people coming to town? That's I would it. imagine they would have had to have scrambled mightily during the game. You know, somebody sure. was watching the game with one eye and on their phone and, and uh, laptop with the, with the rest of their attention focused on finding somewhere to stay on Christmas Eve in Chicago. I, I wondered if they, when I heard the, this going on earlier, if they might consider busing back tonight because it's not a great drive, but it would get you there, I don't know, 10 hours, 12 hours? Oh, how, how long I don't, no, I, you wouldn't I, want to do that. No, you wouldn't no. want to do that because you've got a game next week. Yeah. You know what? If it's the last game of the year and you're the Bears you just want to get home, <laughs> I would maybe do it. But if you've got a game, you don't want the guys sitting on a bus for 10 hours. I get what they're doing, but that's, that's just very unfortunate. I think there's be a lot of Buffalo Bills running around the downtown city of Ever Chicago in a situation tonight. like that as a, as a player? Ever um, been in a situation like that? We've had different ones where we've – I think the preseason we had to – oh, man, we couldn't land in Rockford or something. We had to bus – but we flew back to Chicago – then drove all the way back up to Platteville overnight. Then we had an afternoon practice. Um, we had a deal. We were in San Diego. I think this was a preseason game as well, so that's a night game. A bird hit one of the engines or cracked the window or something. We had to sit on that plane for six hours, then finally fly out. Um, nothing like that overnight that I can remember. But we had delays, and they're just they're brutal, especially after a game when you're beat up and tired and you just want to get home. And as it pertains to our conversation about the number one overall draft pick, the Bears now second, a half game behind, I suppose, the, the Houston Texans who won today. And now the Bears are owners of the second overall pick. But with two games to go, the Bears are at the Detroit Lions next week and then home against the Vikings to finish the season. The Texans will host Jacksonville and then go to Indianapolis. So they have two games where you can envision possibly them winning one or both, although it will be a tall order. We're talking about the two worst teams in football here. And then the Bears with the Vikings and the Lions uh, in reverse order there to finish their season. The last time the Bears had a number one overall draft pick, you weren't even, you weren't even in consideration, Patrick. 1947, <laughs> Oh wow, Bob Fenimore. That was a long time. That was the last time the Bears drafted first overall. They're weeks away from uh, entertaining that possibility. All right, let's just say if. 
if they get it. GM David Hall, what are you doing with the first pick? Because I saw you tweeted something about you go ahead and grab that difference maker right there at number two. But now you have number one. That's a little bit more draft capital, right, to trade down with? What do you do? Well, thank you because you understand that difference. There's, there's a nuanced uh, discussion here, and I, I think it takes probably months to get through. But my first reaction is this. If I'm at number two, I see the glaring need on my defensive line, mm-hmm. and I'm more likely to be inclined – to take either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Somebody is either my three-technique defensive tackle to build around or my edge rusher to disrupt everything moving forward. But, and it's a big but, and you understand this, if you have the number one overall pick, all of a sudden you know every team out there wants Bryce Young, Mm -hmm. and maybe a quarterback at number one overall is definitely what everybody wants. So you can have an auction, and to the highest bidder goes the pick. And that may be... Two pick number one picks, maybe two number ones and a number. I don't know what that price is, Patrick, but I am more willing to start the auction if I'm the number one team drafting than I am if I'm picking second. If that makes any sense at all, one hundred percent. Now that that's a, a real opportunity, that that to me is that's great for Ryan Poles. Now his offseason got even bigger and it's huge already. And then reading what you were talking about the number two pick, I, I was trying to think about. What team took a defender lately as the number two pick? And it would have been Chase Young with the Commanders, correct? Unfortunately, yes. he hurt his knee, but he was on that trajectory to be that star difference maker, game plan changer if he didn't tear his knee. I think he came back and played today, and I'm happy to see him back because he's great for the NFL and he's a great player. But I get it. If you can get a Chase Young, a difference maker like that, and not tear his ACL, knock on wood, then I understand your thinking with that. I just think that. Chase Young is a great example. He's back against the 49ers today. Let's see if they get into the playoffs, what impact he makes. You look at Hassan Reddick last week against the Bears, the Eagles pass rusher that disrupted everything the Bears wanted to do. And, Patrick, in the division, you look at Aiden Hutchinson. Now, he was the guy that was number one overall, but he's an edge rusher who was a rookie that changed the complexion of that defense in the course of this season. You get the right guy at that that spot in the draft, and you all of a sudden – are more exciting defensively. You're not seeing what you saw today, which was the Bills rushed 31 times for 254 yards. Yeah, and the Aiden Hutchinson, I didn't watch enough of him in college, so I didn't know enough. And when I saw the pick, I'm like, okay, there's a reason, and I didn't know. But now watching him this year and seeing his growth of studying the the Lions against the Bears and seeing some of their other highlights, that's a great pick. He's a good football player. He's He's a difference maker. I call him game plan changers. You have to change your entire game plan throughout the week on third down, red zone, everything for that guy. And if you can get a person like him, a Chase Young and Aiden Hutchinson, then maybe you do that with the second pick. First pick, again, like you said, that, that's a game changer. Before we get to your coronation of Cairo Santos, let's go out <laughs> to the phone lines. And the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. And we find Monk, who's on the north side. Good afternoon, Monk. Welcome to the score. Hey, boys. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Got a quick comment. Nikhil Harry. Chase Claypool. Anybody who mentioned them in the in the future, think of one thing: the ghosts of Kevin White. So who are you crapping? Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Monk. Not fair. I understand why the disappointment in Nikhil Harry failed first round draft pick of the Patriots. Now with the Bears, Chase Claypool as well. Kevin White never had the kind of success that Chase Claypool did as a rookie sure. in Pittsburgh. So I get the comparison because they are. Failed experiments, if you will, but I just don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah, and the Nikhil Harry deal, I understand why you tried that, right? You drafted high for traits and all that kind of stuff. It's a low-risk low risk deal, but it says a lot to me right now with all these injuries on this team that he's not playing. 
something's going on at practice, something's going on at meetings, they just don't trust him to put him out there. Uh, he's not getting the snap count that you know a Pettis is. That you think that he would get more snaps compared because of his traits, but obviously something's going on there. Let's go out to Michael, who is on the south side. He's back with us. Good afternoon, Michael. Welcome to the score. So yeah, I want to make a couple of points here. First of all, uh, obviously a number one wide receiver, they got to have that because they they had a bunch of scrubs out there today. Couldn't get open to save their life. Now, as far as the pass rush, they got to get to the quarterback. They need one of those. They need that guy that can get to the quarterback. Otherwise, those guys in the uh, secondary, they can just pat their hands all day long up and up. Now, as far as the – I'm going to compare the Bears with the Minnesota Vikings, okay? I'm going to tell you why. Vikings, they won another game in overtime today, okay? They won like nine games in one score. And like they're four of them in the last minute. Bears are exact opposite. They just can't seem to catch a break in those last games. You don't understand what I'm saying? Say, next year – this thing might be flipped if they can just get somebody, a number one, and get somebody can pass and get to the quarterback. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Appreciate the phone call. You know what the Vikings have, the Bears don't. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, that's talent. That's what I, was talent. I wrote down. Cook, yeah. Jefferson, Hawkinson, yeah. and O-line. No kidding. <laughs> I mean, what Kirk Cousins is a pro bowler this year. I mean, that, that's a, a difference reason. maker in the fourth quarter. They came back from a 33 to nothing deficit last week. Yeah. They win a close game this week. They win close games because they have players like Justin Jefferson you trust in the clutch, and Kirk Cousins is becoming, dare I say, a clutch performer in those situations. I don't want to call him a primetime performer. The numbers say otherwise. But he's doing just enough. He had a Pro Bowl-worthy season, yes. and the Vikings – are a dangerous team. Their defense can't stop anybody, but I don't think you want to face that offense in January. No, and I think that's helping Kirk Cousins as well as the talent. You have Justin Jefferson. That's going to change everything. And that's a good point to maybe getting somebody like that for Justin Fields, you know, the game changer like that. But who do you get? The quick question is, we'll probably talk about all offseason. Is it O-line, D-line, receiver? Who knows? But you're seeing that Kirk Cousins is having a kind of a career year with, you know, career uh, – not career numbers, I guess, but a career year as far as wins and all that kind of stuff with the talent surrounding him. Yeah, he's – I'm curious what you think from a player's perspective. When you have a team like the Vikings, and hopefully the Bears will find themselves in this situation one day when they're capable of, of getting uh, victories in those close one-score games, but does that depict a team that is underachieving and just doing enough to get by, or does that depict a team that, in the Vikings' case, might be learning how to win these close games that will serve them well in the playoffs and they're a team that you don't necessarily want to face? I don't know if you can answer that yet. That That's tough to know. I want to know when they get against playoff teams, week one, week two in the playoffs, if they get that far. That's how you're really going to find out. Because I think week to week, we talk about it in the NFL, games can go either way. But listen, you got to give them credit for doing what they're doing. What they just last week, the, the NFL's greatest comeback ever. You know, they did it. So these things they're doing, they are stacking these wins, but it doesn't mean anything. It, well, it means you get in the playoffs, but it doesn't mean anything until you get through the playoffs. Let's go to David in Peru, who has a question about something we were just talking about pertaining to the Bears draft pick if they are at one or number two where they stand right now. David, welcome to the score. If there's a team out there who absolutely thinks Justin Fields is all world, but the Bears personnel think that Bryce Young has a higher upside, would you consider trading Justin Fields? and drafting Bryce Young and picking up more draft capital because I'm afraid I like Bryce Young better than Justin Fields. Call me crazy, but it's just a thought. And would there ever be a consideration if you say I'm not set? Well, you might be half right there anyhow, but 
uh, a, a thought that's going through my mind, and I want to know what you think. Merry Christmas to you both. David, thank you so much for the phone call. Patrick, it's a thought exercise. You have to go all the way through, I think, if you go down this road. I don't like the idea at all. I don't think that you invest what the Bears have in terms of hope and resources and and just the commitment to Justin Fields and see what he has done this season and then abandon all of that because of a definite maybe in Bryce Young. Bryce Young could be a star. I don't know, but I would not put Justin Fields on the trade block heading into uh, this offseason at all. I I know in sports you don't want to declare anybody untouchable, and there's always a deal that uh, you you can't refuse. But I don't think the Bears uh, are seriously or would seriously consider something like that. That is a great sports talk radio question. <laughs> that is not just one segment. That's an right. hour. I mean, we right. could do it. We could finish the hour here in the next 46 minutes just on Welcome that. to February. I know. Exactly. That's, but it is a great question. But the only people that truly know about Justin Fields are the Bears. Right. They're the ones right now in Hallis Hall that kind of know his ceiling or expect what his ceiling could be or where he is if they decide to make that decision I don't know if I'm for it from the outside but that means they know something they have to know something if they do that but I I think you're kind of crazy to do it because Bryce Young still is a big question mark as well you know he is a big question you don't know you don't know he's not a for sure thing he's not an Andrew Luck he's not a Peyton Manning I don't think he is you know he's not one of those generational guys that comes out of college like I can plug him in he's going to be a Hall of Fame you know talent but that's a great question I mean the the only only people that know are the people at Hallis Hall they know what's going on my sense is that the f- month after the mini-buy, as we're calling it, was so overwhelming in terms of the evidence you didn't expect to see, or maybe that you were dazzled by, or maybe just the nature of, of the style that, that Justin Fields has starred with. Now, he hasn't gotten the victories and hasn't done a lot of things that, you know, there's still boxes to check. But I just don't know if the Bears at this point in time would want to create a question they feel like has begun to be answered adequately mm-hmm. and even better than adequately, emphatically. So, and this is the other thing, and you would know this better than I would because you have been on the inside and you know what goes on in these meeting rooms mm-hmm. and locker rooms and road trips and hotel rooms and all of these things. The intangibles that they have stressed in talking about Justin Fields in terms of his leadership, in terms of his communication skills, all of the above, I don't know that they would go out of their way to ex- to stress those things Agreed. if they didn't believe he was the guy. Agreed. And that's what I hear at Hallis Hall, too. I'm just saying, they. I guess I'm just having fun with this call, right? That's <laughs> what I'm doing. Because oh, yeah. it is a great, it's great question. Great but theater. I, what, yeah. you, what you're hearing, they wouldn't put that much behind him if they didn't believe in him. What they're putting outward, you know what I mean, David. You know that you've covered all these players. They wouldn't, yeah. They wouldn't do that if they truly didn't believe in them. They would, they would go out about it a different way. And the other thing that I like is you have Luke Getzey who has been there. He's been with Aaron Rodgers. He knows what greatness looks like. He knows what great how greatness prepares. He knows how greatness practices. He knows how greatness digests defenses and playbooks and things like that. So he's got one of the best ever to ever do it that he can compare him to, and he can give a great feedback about Justin Fields. Um, and I, I think Justin Fields is fortunate to have him as well. I think that's, that's going to be a good marriage for him. We talked about in the pregame as a young player, if you can get a good coach and a coach that really knows how to teach and knows how to teach you know, certain talent, then that gets you more prepared for your future. Let's get Tony and Sycamore quickly in here before the break. Tony, welcome to the score. 
Hey, they tried me on, fellas. Um, hey, Tony. I, I think that yep. last caller needs to pour a little bit more eggnog and less whiskey. I'm not <laughs> sure what he's watching. But hold on. But, uh, that's a great I, I, question around the Christmas dinner table, right? Bring that up with your is, family and is. all that. You're going to yeah. be talking all night long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm fine with that. As long as I get all of the uh, prime rib, I'm in. But uh, you know what? I, I From the last couple of games, especially uh, playing against two of the better teams in the league, I, I'm pretty – set on the fact that I think we have the coaches because I think we they kept us in the game especially when you think about the fact I don't we don't have the talent we don't we know we don't have the talent like a lot of other teams but I mean to me I think we have the quarterback with fields I'd like to see a full season with Claypool more involved Mooney not being out for the I mean there's just so many things I don't think we have the offensive line and we definitely don't have the defensive line. We don't have anybody that can even sniff the quarterback, let alone touch him. There's, there's, there's a lot of things I'm happy about, especially knowing that we're down so many men. The coaching, I think we have the quarterback. I just think a lot of guys, a lot of people need to not jump off the ship with Fields. For me, he's played amazing considering the lack of talent that he's surrounded with. So that's all I got, guys. Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year as well. Thank you, Tony. Good phone call. A lot of good thoughts there, Patrick. When we come back, we'll hear from Matt Eberflus, who spoke post-game about what happened to Justin Fields and how healthy or unhealthy he might be moving forward and getting ready for the Lions game. You're listening to the post-game show on the score. David Hall, Patrick Manley, until 5 o'clock, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We're back with more of the Scores Bears post-game show with David Haw from the Mully and Haw Show and former Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley on Sports Radio 670 The Score, always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. David Haw, Patrick Manley, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, the Bears post-game show, Bears 35-13 to losers to the Buffalo Bills. Patrick, Justin Fields was at the podium post-game at Soldier Field and reported that he hurt his foot on the final throw on fourth down, said he can't put his full weight on it, but he said he will be, quote, good to go. Let me ask you this. Number one, what would be your level of concern moving forward? And secondly, any misgivings about him throwing a pass in a 28-13 to game with two minutes, 18 seconds left? Uh, basically, a game you already have lost. Uh, does that concern you at all? No, give him the reps we talked about. Let him throw the ball. But the foot, zero concern. David, you've played enough football. How many times have you been stepped on? <laughs> they did an x-ray, right? right. Sure they did. Well, so, so it's yeah. not a broken bone. It's not a broken foot. Think about it. I mean, you see more O-linemen walk out of a game, and they, they, their feet get stepped on all the time. And, yeah, that's unfortunate, but he's got six days to heal, or seven days now to heal up. I have zero concern. I think it's just a bruised foot. It's unfortunate. It probably hurts like heck. Um, but we've all had those. We've all been stepped on in a game. Uh, most of the time you end up playing through those, and then at the end you're like, wow, it starts swelling up and hurting. That's my guess of what it is because I'm sure they took an x-ray so it's not a broken bone, but that happens in all games. So I'm, I'm not concerned about that at all. Matt Eberflus also addressed reporters post-game about this very injury to Justin Fields' foot, and this is what he had to say. What happened to Justin Fields? Yeah, so he got his foot stepped on. So he would, his foot got stepped on. Okay, and uh, from there he went into the tent, and we weren't sure where it was at that point, and so we put you know Nate in there to run that two-minute drive, and then right after that they said he was okay, he was good. So Justin Fields is fine. <laughs> yes, Did you is. hear the reaction? Yeah, <laughs> he got his foot what? stepped on. <laughs> what? Wait. But that's an excuse to get him out it's of the fun. game. Yeah, that's an excuse to get him out of the game. But it's just it's a bruised foot. He's going to be just fine. And Nathan Peterman comes in for the final minute, and that makes a lot of sense just to, just because it was mop-up time. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that you will hear people wonder why he was in the game. I don't think it's entirely fair if there is any criticism accompanying that because he does need the reps, and it wasn't at that point in time. You know, this this is a it's a contact sport. Things yes. happen yes. a lot, and it didn't sound like it was anything. It's a serious bruise. Except but, but, Patrick, you know, if you see your franchise quarterback go into the blue injury tent where that's a very mysterious place to be because you, what goes on inside I don't that? know. I, that, I, that was not around when I played that. That popped up later. You know, you could go in there and it could be anything from, well, you know, I need to uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check my uh, – I'm going to check Twitter. I'm going to do this and then – oh, no, but – It's also I, a bathroom. Also a bathroom. <laughs> it could be very functional that way, very practical yes. uh, reason to go into the blue injury tent. So you just don't know. But when your franchise quarterback disappears into there, when he gets his foot stepped on, I suppose I understand the level of concern mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't uh, become panic and you know, anxiety. That's what we want to try to avoid here. Yeah, 100%. They just, you know, you got the answer. They probably did a little foot test and shook it around like the bones hurt. No. Okay, you got stepped on because it happens all the time. Everybody gets stepped on. Back to the phone line, the score listener line, powered by BetQL, and that is where we find our buddy Rich in Old Town. Good afternoon, Rich. Welcome to the score. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, this is a good conversation about draft picks, and I, I've been listening for about half an hour, so I probably missed a little bit, but I think anybody that thinks you want to trade fields is nuts. 
I mean, he is the keeper that you build around. And the, but the one thing I would disagree about, I think you guys are on it on the on the first round pick. I would die to have Anderson or Carter. I think that's a no brainer. You got to go with that guy. I wouldn't trade down. The D line, as you know, is just terrible. There's no pressure on the quarterback. But one of the things that I've been tracking, and I think I brought this up to you guys before, but this has really uh, turned out to be a real indicator. The teams with the best wide receiver groups and tight end are the best teams in, in the league. And, and let me give an example in terms of ranking. I've got them really fast, but the top five are Bengals, Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, Vikes. And they're all winning teams. And when you take a look at the Dolphins, we're ready to run two off a year and a half ago, and the Eagles weren't real wild about Hurts. Look what happens when they surround them with the talent in the receiving core. These guys have done a 180. I think, I think that it could be the same thing with Justin Fields. When you take a look at Claypool, Jones, Pringle, Pettis, and, and uh, St. Brown, who is he going to throw to? This may sound crazy, but my second-round pick or the second pick, I don't know if it will be a second-round pick. It depends on if they move around. But let's just say the second round. Why wouldn't they go after one of the top wide receivers coming out? I would, that would be my second pick to help Justin out. It wouldn't, the O-line is terrible, but you can probably get a decent guy in the third, fourth, or fifth round that can play. I would go wide receiver and, and, and the second pick, and I think trading down is crazy when you can get either, either the Bama kid or, or, uh, or Carter. Those guys Rich, are thanks. Be... That's great research, Rich. Appreciate the phone call. We know that you know your stuff. Patrick, I think it comes down to what do you prioritize more given who's available uh, stopping the run or stretching the field, and, and they need to do both. But I guess depends on who's available and and what you what you believe in as a, as a front office. That's why I think they're two years away, right? You know, that's that's the thing is you can't. I don't think he can fix it this off season. Can you get up to five hundred around five hundred? I think you can do that, but I still think you're two years away, and I think it's going to be what he prioritizes. He did it this off season. They still needed O lineman. They still needed D lineman, but he went and got two DBs which I thought was a little interesting. I think if you go back in, in hindsight and you look at it, I would have probably drafted a little bit differently. But Brisker looks like he's going to be pretty good. Gordon is playing better late in the year. Um, but I don't know what he's going to prioritize. But I understand there's a great stats by Rich about you know the tight ends and, and receivers. Sure, that's going to make those guys better. But, David, I'm an O-lineman. You've got to protect See, the quarterback. I just I, really believe in that. You've got to start with that. You've got to get him comfortable in the pocket. And to me, especially at Justin Fields, because he has the legs – if he can protect him a little bit more, he can extend the play. I agree with you because I wasn't an O-lineman. I was a defensive back, but I still believe that from a football perspective, you start from the ball on out. Yes. And when you protect the line of scrimmage and you build and fortify that, the Philadelphia Eagles model, if you will, 100%. I think everything else becomes that much easier to do and that less, much less of a challenge. So that, that is some good information, and there's some great examples to point to but also you have to you can't ignore in Cincinnati yeah the receivers were there so was Joe Burrow and you know in Miami Tua before struggling he has a lot to do with that as well it, it's a it, it can be a chicken or the egg argument but if you're the bears you have you have so many needs that I think you're right Patrick it it's not going to be a quick fix it's hopefully it's going to be incremental progress that you see beginning as early as next right. year real, so real quick david that, so um, let's look at this draft yeah. so there's no generational talent a tackle right now, right? The kid from Northwestern, he's not that high. But you have Carter and you have Will Anderson that are probably generational talents. So right now you have mm -hmm. holes on the O-line and the D-line. 
So maybe you go fill the D-line right now because, like I said, I think they're two years away. And if you have an opportunity to get a generational talent, you go ahead and do that on one of the line positions. Makes sense to me. It may, definitely it, it will talk about it because the draft is a long way away and the Bears have become even closer today after the outcome, them losing to the Bills and the Texans beating the Titans. They're only a half game out of the worst position, or should I say the first position, because if you're looking at tankathon.com, they are second right now behind number one, the Houston Texans. Let's go out to my buddy Herschel in Lincoln Park. Herschel, welcome to the score. How's it going? Hey, Herschel. Herschel. Herschel, leave us? He's not that good of a buddy, though. Must have been... <laughs> hey, no, Herschel's a good caller. All right, Patrick, while we get Herschel back, maybe, let, let's look at Cairo Santos. He did have mm-hmm. a strong day. He bounced back. 35-yarder, 37-yarder. He did hit um, the PAT. He had a perfect day after struggling and after a lot of attention being paid, his approach and everything else. What changed today under the most adverse of conditions? Well, let's first talk about Steve Tasker and putting the jinx on Tyler Bass. We had him on the pregame show when he <laughs> yeah. talked about how automatic they were and how they'd have no problems he in these, <laughs> these conditions coming from Buffalo and all that, and he had a struggle, struggle there. Soldier Field is just a different animal, just kind of the way it's built as well. The north side and the south side are opened in different ways, so you've got to deal with a different win. But i got to give Cairo credit. He buckled down. He figured something out. Uh, the one thing I used to tell Lawrence Holmes about all the time, when you watch a kicker, if they can make the kick around the middle third – of the uprights, right? That the ball's traveling end over end. That means they're on. That means they just got it figured out. He had that going for a while. Then he lost it. Then he had to move from the – he talked about going from the right hash to the center of the field on his PAT. So, to me, that was something mentally was going on there. And for him to go out there with a little mental hiccup going on and go ahead and convert all those kicks the way he did, I got to give him credit. So, I think he's bouncing back, and that's, that's, that's a – I guess a mentally tough kicker. I guess guys don't want to hear that in the locker room about a mentally tough guy, but that's what he is. I mean, that's what he's done, and i got to give him credit for what he did in those conditions. You saw how hard that was. You saw the first snap Scales had oh, on the yeah. PAT. That thing moved two feet, and that's within eight yards. And it's just it's that hard in the wind, and for him to go out there and convert those kicks, that says a lot because he was, he was struggling. And, uh, and for him to move hashes from the hash to the middle, that's what spoke to me. When he did that in the middle of the game, I'm like, wow, he is really struggling. Now, kickers do, do not receive a lot of the respect that the other 52 players on the roster get for obvious reasons. They're not going to necessarily put their body in harm's way. So that's kind of a macho thing in a football locker room. But I, I think you also kind of understand this because a kicker you know, was one of your best friends throughout your tenure mm-hmm. with the Bears. The mental toughness aspect should not ever be questioned because this is as challenging of a job or as a role from that regard in that way as any you know, professional athlete uh, faces because of the stakes, because yes. of the, the infrequency that you're asked to do the job. And then when you do, it's for all the marbles. So the mental aspect is even, I don't want to say more important than anybody else is in there, but certainly every bit as important. So Cairo Santos doing what he did today after having it publicly a public discourse over his mental approach, I do think is significant because he did have to clear a hurdle and you wondered how he would do it. So this was difficult today, and that's a relief because it, it goes to our every discussion about the Bears. You don't want to create a need where none exists, and right now they have to feel good about the kicker moving forward because that's one less question they have to address. Yeah, and to me, this is what I thought, David. Your job as a specialist is to perform for your teammates. They put you in a position to score points, and I'm talking not, not a punt. I'm talking a field goal. 
Your job is to go out there. You're not doing all the hard work they're doing in training camp and practice and all that stuff, but your job is to go out there to perform for your teammates, to go ahead and make those points, that one point, three points, whatever it is. So that's pressure as well. I felt that. I know Robbie did, Brad Maynard, all of us in our little you know, three-man little rotation of getting that ball down for Robbie, that it's to perform for your teammates. Reward them for what their hard work to get you down in scoring position. And that's more of the pressure to me. I didn't want to let them down. Robbie didn't want to let them down. Brad Maynard, Adam Podlich didn't want to let them down. All right, Herschel is back. So let's squeeze in Herschel before the break. Herschel, welcome back. How you doing, Herschel? I'm all right. Hey, Patrick, I'm glad you're on the show with my boy, Hobb, because I need you to protect him. You know, he's a good old Indiana boy, so we got to look out for those guys. <laughs> you know? Yes. Thanks, Herschel. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. I, I just want to say today, just real quickly about today's call is, the Bear fans need to relax and understand that this is a system that people probably don't understand, that it's a baby system. So, we're not, we're not really showing anything, and we're going to be great next year. We're gonna, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, Potential as far as education, year under the belt, whatever, blah, blah, blah. People need to get off Claypool. Claypool, I'm not saying he's the second coming to, like, Brandon Marshall, but he's definitely the top five last best receivers we've had in the last five years. You know, you know what I mean? He might be number five. So people need to just stop doing what they're doing. And I hope to God, like, I don't care if we get the number one or number two pick. you got to be super crazy to get rid of freaking Justin Fields. I would definitely, of course, my dad named me after Herschel Walker, and I love Georgia, sort of. I'm a Michigan fan and an Illinois fan. But I wouldn't mind getting rid of that one or two pick and dropping down and getting like maybe three first rounds and going out and get some really some serious depth. That's what the real deal is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to let you guys go, and uh, I'm not going to mess up this time. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. This time. Remember last time, Thanksgiving? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but yeah. you know what, Herschel, yeah. we love you. We le- we welcome you back, and you you can call us anytime. Have a merry Christmas. I appreciate that. Hey, you too, man. And, God bless you and your family, bro. Yep, you too. I I would think that Herschel would want to lean into that Georgia background and get used to the idea of Jalen Carter because if he becomes a bear, it, whether it's Carter or Will Anderson or somebody else, Jalen Carter is a lot to like from a from a defensive tackle perspective. And and if you're a defensive minded head coach, boy, would he look good in your lineup for the years to come. Yeah, and David, I'm, I'm excited to study for this draft. It's been a while because they haven't had a first-round pick or they just haven't had the right. high pick. And I, I love diving into these guys and seeing how good they are. And we're going to find out. I, I, for my personal, I'll, I'll get all the tape and I'll watch it all and try to break it down to, to find out what is right. Is it right to trade down and try to find somebody else? Is there somebody down there maybe Poles is kind of figuring out that might slide down to 10, 12, 14, 15 that you can get two more picks? Or do you go your way? Do you try to get your surefire thing guy? I don't, I don't know. It's going to be fun to fun to follow, and at least this gives us something to talk about positive with the Bears going forward in this offseason instead of, you know, oh, we were 7-9 and nine or whatever, <laughs> or 7-10, and, right. and now we get, you know, we get the draft to look forward to, and um, it's, it's, going to be Clarity. A fu- it's going to be a fun offseason to study these guys. There's one more segment left in our Christmas Eve edition of the Bears postgame show. Patrick Manley, David Haw, until 5 o'clock, 312-644-6767. Call us and let us know what you thought of the game. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I mean, yeah, but I'm not going to, you know, the reality of it is I'm not going to be running for 100 yards a game. So, you know, when a defense does a good job of, you know, taking my legs away, then my job is to, like I said before, you know, take a defender with me, maybe take two with me and then allow the running backs to work. So, yeah. Welcome back to the scores postgame show after the Bears 35 to 13 loss to the Buffalo Bills. That was the voice of Justin Fields talking to reporters at Soldier Field. After the loss, David Hall, Patrick Manley, final segment. And Justin Fields sounded a little dejected after seven carries, 11 yards. Patrick now has 1,011 on the season. If you do the math, he still needs now 196 to break the all-time record. That may or may not come now. and may this is, this is probably one of those games you didn't expect, but there might have been contributing circumstances by the way his foot seems like it will be fine it was stepped on on the last pass he threw on fourth down but Justin Fields sounded as disappointed as you would expect him after a long day at the office yeah and we talked at the the pregame show that I don't want him being a thousand yard rusher every year you know I think this is just kind of an anomaly of how the Bears were trying to win games with his with his legs and I want him to be used his arm more also this game what I did like and I don't think you liked it. Was on the third and shorts, the fourth and shorts. They they gave it to his arm. They said let's 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 take your your legs out and see if you can get the first down with your arms. And unfortunately, he didn't. He had a couple tip balls and a couple drop passes. But yeah, I, I you know it, it's it's tough. And I, I you know what I'm really looking forward to doing. Everybody says it to go back to watch the all twenty two to see how they did take him away. And I'm wondering if this was Leslie Frazier's game plan, knowing that the Bears O line with two new guards were in there. So listen, do not let Justin Fields get the edge. Whatever we do. Do not let him get the edge. We can have maybe one less guy in the middle because we know we can beat him up front with the two new guards in there. So I, well, you know, I, I would yeah, like the to four see three, that. Yeah, the 4 3 defenses that Leslie Frazier, you know, has been part of for so long creates that shell that tries to, in theory, keep everything in front of you mm-hmm. and doesn't give up the big play. Yep. Some, some defenses are able to execute that better than others, and you, you take calculated risk. You don't just abandon any kind of gamble, but the, the Bills were smart and effective, and they held Justin Fields in check. So I think that you have to give them credit. You're right, though. We go back to our pregame conversation, and we talk about him having 11 yards rushing. You don't want him to have to need. You don't want the Bears to have to be in a position where they need 111 yards no. from the quarterback on the ground to have a chance to, to, to win a game they shouldn't win. I would like to have the opportunity to have both because some games you're yes. going to come and take the run away, yes. right? Then you're going to have to be able to yes. use his arm. Some days you're going to take the bass away and maybe that opens up his leg. So that's what I think can make him so dynamic and maybe great in this league with the way the offenses are going that he can win two ways. Hard to be great on a day like today. The conditions, nine degrees at kickoff, nine below wind chill. And this is what Justin Fields had to say about the weather impacting the game. I mean, it was crazy. It really impacted the whole game. I mean, you know, from snaps to, like, even tosses. Like, the tosses, I know Demo had to lock in on the tosses because they were flying everywhere. The snaps, of course, were, you know, going everywhere. But, you know, definitely, you know, impacts the passing game with, you know, trying to figure out which way you want to throw the ball, like, what, which way the wind is blowing. And then when the gusts are up to, you know, 30 
35 miles an hour. It's just like you just want to hopefully get, you know, the passing plays when it's not that windy. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just have to think about all those uh, things when you're, of course, calling plays and stuff like that. Justin Fields, 15 of 23, 119 yards, one touchdown, passer rating 92.5, long completion, 44 yards to Valus Jones, who made a terrific adjustment on the play. You didn't expect that. He had a good day, Patrick, but when you hear Justin Fields talk like that, um, anything come to mind in terms of you know just being honest about the conditions? It, yeah. was, it was just tough. Well, it does, and it looked to me, and I'm not certain, that the wind was blowing towards the south. Just if you could see the kickoffs, everything was a little bit deeper. Um, there are game plans where you're like, all right, if we're going to the north end zone, we got to run it. We can't pass it. Like it's impossible to pass unless we're forced to pass it. So you're calling plays dependent upon the weather, and that's understood. That's talked about pregame. You're talking to coaches. I've seen Jay Cutler and other quarterbacks talk to coordinators and be like, I can't throw the ball to the left end zone. I can't throw the ball to the left. I can't throw to the right because the wind's doing whatever. All right, if we're going south today, we can throw it wherever you want. So that is discussed, and that, that sounds like to me that that's, that went into their game planning today. Help me understand this. As somebody who, who snapped the ball, I know it was on punts and PATs and, and, and field goals, but snapped the ball on a day like today. Mm-hmm. Can a shotgun yes. snap be yes. affected by it? Yes. Is that the way that you've interpreted the, the Sam Mustafer bad snap? 100%. Fields? Yes. Okay. Um, I just uh, the example I like. I had a bad snap. Well, you look at um, a perfect example today. Pat Scales first PAT. That's eight yards. That thing moved two feet, and that's a perfect spiral, and that's moving pretty fast. So that's trying to cut the wind. Mustafer snap kind of comes it back end over end, kind of like just a little soft snap. So if the wind catches that, it can move it for sure. It can move it. So that that's another thing that the quarterback knows on a shotgun. All right, I have to keep my eyes down a little bit longer at the ball coming out instead of my eyes up up, up top, and that's that's just part of the game. Well, also part of the game then to extend that conversation is if you're the play caller and you understand how the elements dictate and affect these kinds of things, why would you be in a shotgun formation as often as the Bears were in the shotgun formation on a day where the wind could affect the snap and, and ball security has, has got to be number one priority? Well, you know, I'm not a center, and maybe I would talk to Olin about this when we played, and that if you are in that situation, Sam has a job to do as well. Maybe he snaps it a little quicker. Maybe he tries to cut it through the wind a little bit more. Throws a little more crisper snap, so it's not floating back there like it's a like a normal shotgun snap or whatever. You know, you don't really time those things, but you know he has to work on it as well, and that's that's good for Sam, and this is great for Justin Fields to play in these conditions because the next time he plays in this, he'll remember it, he'll know all about and, it, and he'll he'll and, be much that, more comfortable. That's got to be the biggest takeaway for the Bears is that this was a long day. It was a cold day. It may be the cold reality sinking in that this season could be historically bad in terms of losses. But they will be better for it one day. One day when they are in the playoff hunt, Justin Fields may reference the experience that he had against the Bills as in his second season and, and be better for it. That's all you can do if you are in the midst of this kind of a, of a rebuild, tear down, however you want to describe it. The Bears players, the Bears coaches, they really have no other choice but to look at it that way. Yeah, I just want to – sorry, I want to change, go back to the subject I was talking about. I, I bring it up every now and then. Jay Cutler and I talked about the wind and playing in Soldier Field, and I asked him, I said, listen, if you're throwing a deep ball, say you're going the south with the wind blowing from the northeast corner to the southwest corner, but, but it's going with you, what do you do on a deep ball? He's like, oh, I go six yards uh, inside the sidelines because I know it's going to move that much. But that's experience playing in Soldier Field and understanding where you can throw the ball, and that's stuff that Justin Fields is going to learn, that you get more reps inside Soldier Field on those deep balls because that stadium is just different. I said it earlier that you learn how to do that. And this is a great 
learning experience for Justin Fields. And didn't you see that ball on the punt? And, and Gil- yes. It rolled down. Sure. The wind took it from the 10 inside the 1. They blew it dead. And it, you, you can't do that at Soldier Field. Oh, that was wild. But let's go back to the Valus Jones completion. Did he throw that? So he's going to learn from that. Did he throw that thinking it was going to go somewhere else? And it kind of came up short? That's a learning experience. So it's good for yeah. him to play in these conditions. If we're going to continue playing outside while he's here with it's the like Bears, it's great for him. Yes, 100%. Kind of knowing where your drive is going to end up. Uh, you play in the conditions and you get better yes. in different kind of weather yep. and, and all that. All right, Patrick, you know what? This has been a lot of fun. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you for hanging in there today, pregame, postgame. It was it was great uh, fun, and I want to wish a Merry Christmas to uh, everybody out there who listened and who um, – you know, Tyler Butabaugh did a great job as a producer. As always. We, we, we just had a, a good day despite the outcome. We did. You stepped in a little bit better than Larry Borum today, so thank you for that. <laughs> thank I you. I appreciate you wow. coming in and hope Mully had a nice day off, and we'll, we'll see him next week. We will see him next week. We'll be back talking Bears Monday morning, the Mully and Haw Show. Six o'clock start on Monday morning because we get that extra half-hour holiday. For everybody here at The Score, a very warm Christmas wishes to everyone in our audience. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for texting. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. You've been listening to Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 